you know would be interesting is how Jewish do people look ranked one through ten? Where would I be and where would you be? Jew or not? Is going through my <laughs> well, just the ranking. I feel like I think with you, the facial hair choice matters a lot there. Yeah, I, I, I think do. that helps. I think it's me. a swing factor. Yeah, I think that yeah. helps me. Although my coloration, the coloration of my hair being red, does mm. not. There's not as many. It, red which hair is weird because that exists, but but people don't associate. People don't think about it. It, it happens. There are many red hair Plenty, Jews. plenty of us. They are very ma- they many, are red-haired red-haired many red-headed <laughs> Jews, and they are slipping through our grasp. <laughs> and why are we not finding them? No, I don't even know what voice that became. It like, got like shrill and shrieky at the end. Yeah, that's accurate. Uh, that's sh- what Nazis fucking sound like. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've said this. You look much more Middle Eastern than anything. Like you, I yeah, you are the spinning that- image of Assad. I have always believed that. <laughs> There's that Turkish chef people think I look like. Yeah, that you guy. just kind of yeah. look vaguely Middle Eastern. Yeah, I don't know how that happened. I, I'm, I'm... <laughs> like people have looked like you for for thousands of years. <laughs> and we've had problems for thousands we've of years. We've had problems with people who looked like you for thousands of years, Ethan. We know exactly what to do with you. <laughs> that reminds me of the the Marco Rubio uh, thing on Barack Obama, where he kept like a robot repeating the same line oh, yeah, again and yeah, again. Yeah, like yeah. he knows exactly what he's doing. <laughs> Don't think Barack Obama doesn't know what he's doing. He knows exactly, exactly what, what he's, he's doing. doing. Yeah. Uh, oh boy, uh, we got a great show coming up, guys. Uh, we're gonna talk about what are we gonna talk about, Ethan? We're gonna talk about deplatforming Trump. Uh, speech platforming Free speech, websites. Hey, politics! It's a political uh, spicy episode. Hey, hey. this guy, Squidol. <laughs> uh, I'm Matt. Hey, I'm Ethan. And we are about to do some sinking. Sinking. Oh. Ethan, how you been? Man, Jesus Christ. So we had to pod. I mean, there was no question. We had to do yeah. a pod. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, the, everything that's going on is it's it's as we've predicted, or <laughs> probably not, but what, what as we've discussed, <laughs> as has been that? foretold, so yes. it has become. <laughs> Have we predicted that Trump would uh, get thrown off Twitter? I mean, look. No, but we've called for it, or I've called for it. I believe that it's the right thing to do. But I yeah. believe you call for it, but I don't listen to the things that you say, so I didn't, <laughs> I didn't register. Um, I mean, it has been an incredible losing streak for old... I mean, we don't do much political punditry here, but uh, old Trumpy, incredible losing streak since losing. I don't think I've seen... <laughs> This much losing after losing yeah, well, in losing, some time. You know what they say, losing is a ladder. It is a ladder. Losing is a ladder. I think that's what uh, Mayor Carcetti once said. And <laughs> But it has been an incredible couple-month run for the Trumpster, and now Whew. it puts us here uh, beyond the fate of him or the Republican Party going forward. Tech. Tech. Yeah, yeah. Well, speech. did you did you just did you watch any of his Alamo speech or anything? It, <laughs> no, he's no. just complete. I mean, he's always been completely incoherent. But it, it's like one of those things where it's like, I wonder if do people who like Trump, who are so fervent supporters, are these people who just aren't bad at listening? 
Mm. Like, are they just bad listeners? You know how some people just aren't good listeners and you know, and it's like tough to have a conversation with them and it's like kind of tough to follow their train of thought sometimes. And I just wonder if there are really a lot of bad listeners out there. I mean, I've come across them and if you can only support Trump, if you yourself are a bad listener and he himself is a bad listener, is he the bad listener candidate? Well, this might speak to the gender divide, right? If we were doing gender stereotyping, men are from Mars, women are from Venus. The stereotype is, Matt, that men are worse listeners. That yeah, just but, well, to get a, but well, sure, his, but men are great podcasters. Is, they're great podcasters. Requires As we talk listening. over each other yeah, right. simultaneously. <laughs> men are great listening. at listening. Men are so not good listening. at listening. Listening to the podcast. <laughs> uh, it reminds me of uh, when I was taking... Uh, this cultural anthropology course, and maybe this would be something that they would be a little more sensitive about these days, but the professor told us that Ashkenazi Jews interrupt each other as a cultural norm. Um, uh, yeah. And in oh, other cultures. True. Yeah, we love it. If you don't interrupt me, I find that's just a sign of disrespect. <laughs> but if you're but if you're up in uh, the Laplands or somewhere up north in the Scandi country, uh, you might ask somebody a question and they'll respond to it 10 minutes later, that mm. there are these different cultural norms of when speech intersects and how long you take to respond to a question, sure, uh, sure. which is yeah. quite, quite interesting. Yes. Um, there are certainly cultural differences. I will mm. agree. Uh, I, I, I think that's an uncontroversial statement that there, there are, are on the, in this world, cultural differences. Do Trump's voters not, I, I don't know about all that. I don't know how you would study that. I, I, I mean, you would to, just talk to them and see if they fucking pay I actually, I, I have this very prosaic view of the Trump phenomenon that is not broadly shared by my colleagues and friends of the professional class, which is that he tends to be for uh, policies that a lot of his voters like, and that's mm-hmm. why they like him. I know yeah, that's, that's, that's an analysis. That's an analysis that seems crazy now, yeah, uh, yeah, but... Yeah. I think there's a lot of over-intellectualizing the Trump phenomenon, I guess is what I'm saying. Well, if that was true, then I would have voted for him because he wanted to get rid of uh, Section 230 and he wanted to destroy Twitter and Facebook. Mm. Did you vote for him? Did you vote for him? It felt so good not to, mm. fucking, to vote against that fucking man. Mm. Uh, yeah, right. oh, <laughs> sure, sure. Say all that. I mean, I don't, <laughs> at this point, it's like not even funny to me. To do. I, like, I could see it being funny in the last election to vote for him, maybe. <laughs> but this time, it was just like... It was it was funny then. It's not funny now. It's not I mean, funny it's, anymore. But what's so crazy is how seriously people take it. And you're one of these people. Because in California, it doesn't matter. It, yeah, it's almost yeah, like it's how sad. they say about academia so that the fights are so vicious because the stakes are so low. Yeah, that I'm it matters so much to people symbolically California. whom you vote for in the state of California. It, it, and it doesn't it doesn't actually yeah. have a tangible. Yeah. Yeah. Especially for president. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. But yeah. yet people will as a matter of symbolism, reject friends, family. But as a way of transition, that doesn't mean what happens in California, the things that happen that people Mm. decide in California does not have an effect. For example, it was all Californians who made the decision to deplatform Trump off of Twitter and Facebook, which is going to be our lead off topic here, Ethan. Mm. So this, it happened. They kicked him off. Yep. Uh, and then Parler got kicked off by Amazon kicked Parler off. But I want to kind of take this, and, and now everyone's, claim, you know, free speech. And all. I want to take this step by step, though. Trump mm. getting kicked off Twitter, and I believe indefinitely Facebook, too, or Facebook, it's indefinitely. I don't know if it's a permaban, but uh, getting Trump getting kicked off social media. Yeah. I obviously... 
Trump well, just has to quote Marcus Aurelius in a speech to get back on Facebook. <laughs> to get back in Zuckerberg's good graces. That's all it takes. Oh, you were Roman this whole time? I did mm. not see you for a countryman, Mr. Trump. Mm. Uh, so I obviously, if anybody has listened to this podcast uh, before, uh, has heard me at all, I believe it was the right thing for him to get kicked off of Facebook and Twitter. But that's also because of my primary belief, which is that everyone should be kicked off Facebook and Twitter. I don't think anyone should be allowed on these platforms and we should destroy them. So kicking any one person off still goes into my belief. So I do believe that. But also in addition, even if I weren't kicking everyone off, I do mm. think that Trump still should specifically have been kicked off. Yeah, you're, you're in this interesting position where are you an accelerationist who's looking out for everybody? And maybe that includes the right wing of things. Or are you a neoliberal uniparty member who wishes to squelch any speech you don't like so you can just reign and rule forever without input from the peasants? Um, I think that's the question before us, Matt. Interesting. About, well, I yeah. think I'm a man of the people. But mm. keep talk, talk to me more about this term accelerationist. You've, you've called me this multiple times in, our, in text conversations. Well, and I admit I don't fully understand what it means. Well, generally, the idea is you want something that's bad because it will accelerate the good and wake people up to how bad things are, which I think it's often a cope where there are probably a bunch of Trump supporters right now uh, who are saying this is good because, it's, you know, the, the mask is slipping and, you know, the Democrats mm -hmm. and the media are revealing themselves or who they are, which... I mean, that might be true, but what's more likely is he's doing irreparable damage to, <laughs> to the party itself. and the yeah. positions that he uh, has previously advocated for. Um, but, yeah, I think that that would be the idea of accelerationism. But the, the, the whole should they have happened or do you support it's an interesting thing, too, because from what perspective? I don't run Twitter. They're an unelected uh, part of a tech cabal, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so what am I talking about? Am I talking about for the greater good of the culture? Am I talking about for them as a company and their stock price? It seems evident to me that this is not good for them as a company. Uh, mm -hmm. So that's a whole other conversation that we can get into. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I think that's part of it. But yeah, keep going. Yeah. Um, and as far as the country, then there's this other consideration I have, which is is this just the way it's going to be and this particular decision is just one of many and they're just going to make them so i almost feel absurd saying i don't know that they that they shouldn't or that they should mm -hmm. i I'm, I'm rambling now but let's, well, what do you think if you were in charge of twitter what would you have done it no uh because no. like the the world leaders who are criticizing uh criticizing them surprisingly you know some mm -hmm. light criticism from merkel uh, criticism from Obrador in Mexico and then EU leaders, uh, as much as many of those world leaders hate Trump, I think there's this recognition that if Twitter is picking and choosing which elected leaders get to be on Twitter, it's a whole new ball game. And why? well, this is, this is right here. Why you as a, an accelerationist who wants this all destroyed, um, right. might like this a lot because if you're one of these foreign leaders in one of these other countries, why the fuck am I going to have Twitter in my country? Why the fuck? I don't think you should. Well, <laughs> so this like, is a okay. accelerationist climate. I don't think it'd, you should. It'd be one thing because it'd be one thing if it's a free for all and the idea is it's speech for everybody and I get to be on and my opponent gets to be on and any leader gets to be on for us to all communicate with everybody. But if Twitter is picking and choosing 
And the impression that many of these countries have watching America from afar is that the Democratic Party right now is very cozy with the major tech platforms and has a bunch of data on people. All of a sudden, you're making a decision as to whether a company that's fairly cozy with the American security state has the right to kick you off the platform or not. And if it's what your citizens are now using because it's spread like a virus, then that will be substantially bad for you. So really, it's a consideration of autonomy. You know, we keep talking about free speech, free speech, free speech. This is about autonomy. These countries are saying, hey, I kind of want to govern myself over here. Right. And if I let you in and you're picking and choosing, that's a form of governance. And yes. now you from San Francisco are governing me. Right. Why the fuck would I want that? Right. You don't employ anybody in my country. Absolutely. My employment doesn't go up. If anything, you know, you're destroying jobs here. If anything, you're destroying, you're destroying jobs. Destroying our here. media institutions. And, and, you're destroying and, our democracies over here. And let's say I want what you what you are in effect. Well, why the hell wouldn't I just have people in my country copy it and just build it for ourselves? I don't know. So I the thing everything you're saying I completely agree with. I think it's absolute madness that any other country would allow Facebook or Twitter to operate within their yeah. country. But think, by the way, I think that's why the stock is tanking. It's yes, not, yeah, sure. Yeah, it's yeah. not all people think well, it's like all the Trump supporters like are you know and so many people follow Trump. Well, I mean maybe I, yeah. I think it's this it's this consideration and the international pushback. I think that probably has a big well, impact it did. on the, the, the what's I like it kind of liken it to and I actually think it was I think it was good obviously that Twitter did this but I think what it's it remember when that when they burned the ivory remember when they uh you, you know what I'm talking about the mm. the it was like the, there was a big anti poaching initiative uh, and because there's a lot of like you, you know ivory tusks and things like I that. I thought you were doing a euphemism for Jack Dorsey smoking heroin. I didn't <laughs> yeah, quite so Jack, know what you were talking so Jack, about. If anybody has smoked elephant tusk, I would believe it's Jack Dorsey. Of any of the, but well, so burning they, the ivory. Is, yeah, is the <laughs> yeah he's, he's been burning the ivory at both ends, Jack Dorsey. <laughs> is he was he on like vacation and all this happened? Whatever. Anyway, he fucking so. In order, they collected all this ivory from across the world, you know, all these like operations to stop poachers and things like that. And, you know, millions, maybe billions of dollars worth of ivory. And rather than like sell it or do something or like put it in a museum or do something that could even raise money to the anti-poaching mm. cause, instead, like this global organization burned it all. They showed that, no, this has no value here. Mm. That ivory has no value. We're just setting it aflame. And so in some like, ways, I think that's what Twitter just did with Trump. Is so Twitter's Twitter, the Joker in the Dark Knight, is what you're saying? Yeah, burning his own stack of. This cash. town needs a better class of tweeter. <laughs> that's what he's doing. That he <laughs> he just wants to see Trump burn. I mean, to some extent. But I think that what they were saying is obviously Trump is a massive traffic driver to them. But they were saying that this traffic driver has no value to us and it shouldn't have value to anybody else. That this is not the kind of thing that we want here. And I think that. Uh, which I think is a, a noble thing to do, actually. I, I do think that for the first time, and obviously, like, it's way too late and, you know, caveat or whatever, but, like, you know, they did ultimately do the correct thing here. The correct thing. Just trying to trying to really take in the correct thing here let me all right thing. let me back up and let me get to my broader argument I, i'm just trying to i'm just trying to i'm, I'm kind of taking a thirty thousand foot view of it because i think i'm not saying this is you but this is most people i know have the sensibility of 
Trump's bad. I'm sick of hearing from him. He causes chaos and disaster. Will somebody shut him up? Like Joe Biden saying, will you just shut up, man? Or whatever, whatever he said. I think he said that. Uh, I think he did say that. Maybe like that. Um, and I don't know if they necessarily think beyond it. Maybe they do. Maybe I know, do. and that kills you when somebody is correct, even though it's for the wrong reasons. But <laughs> well, I don't. I, I I wouldn't necessarily subscribe to the idea that it's correct. Well, okay. There, so here's there, there's wanna... this. Let me put it this way: there is a consideration that these people are giving no voice to, none. They don't give a fuck, and that's mm-hmm. over seventy million people who voted for the guy. They don't believe that these people should have a voice. They don't believe that these people have ideas that are legitimate. And they aren't really considering, okay, well, what space do we give these people if we're kicking them off the platform? It's just an agenda of a form of domination. So even if in a vacuum, I can buy the premise that he's bad for everybody and everything, hell, I think that they should want him impeached. I think Republic people who want Republican... Uh, there's a funny thing where there's this big push from Democrats to impeach him so he can never be elected again. And part of me is thinking, well, wouldn't you want to run against this guy? Look at the L's he's stacking <laughs> you know, I, up right well, that's, now. To me, it's yeah. like every Republican should fucking want this guy not to run again if they ever so, have a chance of becoming yeah. president. So, you know, it's this weird consideration and isolation. Uh, I, I understand it, but there doesn't seem to be an acknowledgement that we share a country and we're going to have to work it out. So we're going okay, to, so, one side is not just going to dominate the other side and win. It's not going to work. And I think a lot of my friends and colleagues are really naive. They have no idea how many people exist who don't like them, don't like their views, don't agree on a bunch of things they think are already agreed to. And I, I could almost, it, it's funny. I could almost, um, be more on board with kicking him off, A, if there was an objective standard. There does not appear to be an objective standard. That's number one. I mean, that's clear. Um, and B, any sense of any measures that need to be taken to mitigate the effects of what you're doing and to acknowledge that we are sharing a country and that we should have a discourse with one another. I'm not seeing much of that. Sure. So I I think that's a very fair point. I'm going to try to convince you. So I think I have an argument here that I'm not seeing being made much. And I think it's one that would unite both, like even a more conservative stance of what you're saying, but also what you're saying. I think in general, foundationally, what I think a way to kind of look at this that I think we can all get behind, which is what I think we're actually seeing is Twitter and Facebook, these places fully, the mask is slipping in a way, but yeah. I think it's that, that they are showing that they are publishers. That, that is they what have, they are. They're showing they, are, they have the power they have. Kind of, but it's actually, but to me, it's actually about diminishing their own power. Because mm. I think by saying everyone deserves and everyone must be, everyone has a right to be on Twitter is giving them ultimate power. Everyone has a right to be alive. Everyone has a mm. right. To, I mean, I guess whatever murder, is, uh, whatever. But you know what I mean? Yeah. Everyone has, if you are living in America, you have a right to live in America. If you live on earth, you have a right to be on Twitter. That is a massive amount of power and responsibility that Twitter is bestowing upon itself. But by showing that no, they're just a website and they can kick off people who are bad for the Mm. website and who are bad for the community of the website. They're showing that all they are is a website. All they are is a publisher. All they are is a media organization that all of us work for for free. That's all they really are. 
And I think yeah. that the more that they scale back their ambition to like have everyone to try to be a, like a place where the voices of all people can so be, I think that's better for everyone. So you think the world is in balance if they're just HuffPo of yes. a decade ago 100%. by another means. I think that's a great, yeah, basically, because that's all they are. They are just, they, we should look at them on the spectrum of HuffPo, not at the, on the well, spectrum it's been, it's of- it's been tilted. Uh, it's been tilted that way for a while. The printing press. Sorry, I mean, ahead. it's fairly obvious that they boost whatever they want in the algorithm. And... So that the algorithm is just an editor, but it's one that doesn't get yeah. paid and it's one that doesn't like have human judgment. And there's yeah, no they, difference But they, here. They, they apply human judgment to it as well. They lift the stories. They yeah, sure. But lift. they hide behind the robots and whatever. But it doesn't yeah. matter. It's like they but they don't have the they don't I've have always the wondered. I, I've always wondered if Jack Dorsey, if he and a critical mass of uh, employees at Twitter woke up one day and decided they were right wing, if they could just like nudging a Ouija board, meme all the professional class people the other way and make them right wing over the course of a year. <laughs> I like, think we have that Stanley Milgram experiment. I would be very curious to see. I, I, you know, honestly, I bet if you looked at a place like Brazil or you looked at like other countries, you could kind of see exactly that. You could watch populists who might have, you could watch Glenn, Glenn Greenwald basically become a right wing figure because, mm. because he's such a contrarian to what he's seeing. You know what I mean? Like you can yeah. play these mind games, these reverse psychologies and and kind of get whatever you want, I, which I fully believe. But but I so to me, just to kind of complete this, and I want I want yeah. your take on this this idea, which is that what we're seeing is these places give up power, not show their, not flexing large amounts of power, but they're giving up the power. They're giving up the idea that the president must be on Twitter, and in mm. fact, it's opening the door to future people running to just not be on Twitter and. What we do by having people banned or make exoduses from these places is it does allow the freedom for other places and other websites and other institutions to be created so, so, in so, opposition so the, to a thing like Twitter or Facebook. So, so to quote Dan Carlin, it's potential for creative destruction. I think so. They're creatively destroying themselves, which I think I don't think they realize that's what they're doing. I mm, bet they do think I don't that think so. Too. They have I, the power. I, but I, I think I, have, net, yeah. I think net net. I think that this is good. They're just a website again. They're showing that they're just a website and all they are is a play and all the best they can do is moderate squabbles on a website and if you if you don't like the community that this website is the problem is that we're trying to smash so many communities onto one website mm. but websites are just it's, it's like why would you want to have a magazine for all people to like this look back interesting. at interesting and you're, i don't think we should you're, you're almost advocating for more conversational segregation Conversational. So well, segregation implies that there's like a, there's laws in place that force this to happen. Well, I'm suggesting no, 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 I'm suggesting let's, let's that we vote with our feet and like leave we should, this. And yeah, try we to shouldn't give power use that word. That word has a certain well, connotation. But, it, but to me, it's so, like believing that separatism. Trump, like, let me let me play with your idea for a little bit though, yeah. I, because I'm intrigued by this. Because right now, people are saying it's so bad currently that we're all sharing the same platform, that we're all theoretically on the same reality and yet we're at each other's throats. Right. So how bad is it going to be when everybody in the right wing is chased into an enclave that has nothing whatsoever to do with everybody on the left wing? It's going to get worse, but maybe not. You know, your 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 argument is interesting. Maybe things are better when we were a collection of little websites, little islands unto ourselves where we could get some space from one another and we we could explore ideas and maybe our presence being just cheek and jowl 
that might be what's propelling some of the anger and irrationality in the discord and it might be good to have separation now I, I, obviously the problem is the tech monopolies banding together right, to right, like right, right. take away your credit card if you don't agree with something sure <laughs> right but i but for one i also think this will coalesce people around interests other than politics i mean QAnon was just a way for everyone to get involved in in like an interest like that's why QAnon was so popular was because it was like a fun larp it was a fun thing for people to participate in and to meet friends and to like hang out and sell t-shirts and shit like that but like the dominant cultural force is politics so that's what it's centered on but i think if we spread people out and let them make institutions based on interests and based on commonalities, you'll find, you know, I'm sure like, like, was there like a big right? What was the big like right wing magazine before all this fucking happened? Uh, the National Review. Sure, the National <laughs> Review. Like the National Review existed, and that was an echo chamber, and the Nation existed, and that was like a an echo chamber. But what you find is that then within those communities, contrarians emerge, and they actually maybe kind of diffuse those situations too. You you yeah. find people, you know, the cover story of something like that might be like why Bernie Sanders is right about something. You know, you get interest more interesting discourse if one you allow people to segregate self-segregate i suppose into yeah. these well i was institutions but but yeah to, to, just to, wait, wait, to, to, just no no i'm interrupting you okay. i'm interrupting well, you like I'm Ashkenazi. Ashkenazi. All right. yeah 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 uh, right. I, I was at salon before salon i think was the first publication to make this turn into what the new york times eventually became i mean salon was a joke and then everybody did it this kind of outrage clickbaity but i was there right before that and for have a hundred hundred words on Obama's first hundred days, they had me calling all over the political spectrum, including Tucker Carlson and that infamous right, phone call. Right, right, that kicked and, off our podcast. Like, Salon, the farthest left, lefty, lefty at that time for the major websites you could go, still had an amicable enough rapport with people within conservatism to actually want them to say things. On their website, which I think is just a pre-social media era thing that has not been the case. So, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of into this idea of yours that separation, moderate separation actually might cool things down and make things a little more sensible. Not only that, but I think you would allow people, you, by creating these kinds of institutions, you also allow for people to get paid for creating these things. I think one of the reasons why so many people are afraid of getting canceled or afraid of whatever is they feel like any one person has the power to I don't know what to to be offensive or to be something and not everybody is like a professional at this not everyone should be held accountable in the same way as maybe a journalist or a reporter or a pundit should be like those are kind of jobs for a reason and I think that like it shouldn't be everyone's responsibility to uphold the discourse of a nation and that's kind of like the theory behind no. Twitter and I think it's tearing us all apart mentally that we're yeah. all bur we're sharing that burden we're all taking up that well, that's job. that's the worst thing of all is that everybody's just a propagandist for free. It's annoying. Yeah, right. I don't like because it. Because that's the only I thing really, you do on these platforms. I don't like it. I really don't like it. And frankly, I'm going to sound elitist and annoying, but a lot of the problem is that a lot of my friends and colleagues aren't the brightest about this stuff. Mm. And I never asked for them to be in PR on behalf of politics. Sometimes I agree with them. But they're saying it so stupidly, I don't even want to hear it from them. And there's a desperation in it. And you're not engaging in any kind of nuance and you're trying to convince people of things over text. You're just 
a functionary. You're a PR person. We hate PR people. Yeah. We don't like to hear from no, I PR feel, people. I, I, I rage and tweeted something this week, and I, which was not good. You know, whatever. I just felt terrible yeah. about it. I was like, why did I yeah. do that? It's, it's not good. You're trying to win an argument, and people have taken up this mantle for free, and they just seem manipulated to me, I'm sorry to say. I feel as though so many people are just outraged in the moment based on whatever these tech platforms are shooting into their eyeballs. They're not sitting back and questioning why they're looking at what they're looking at or what the actual world looks like. They're often anecdotes, individual actions that are supposed to be stand-ins for everything and symbolic. It's just also manipulative. And to what you're saying, nobody's life is actually getting better. People aren't getting paid. They're not finding fulfillment from it all. It does a poor job filling the space that religion once occupied. And in that way, I am in agreement with you that I want it broken up. Even as somebody with a Twitter account who has benefited from yeah, Twitter, I, I want it all to I want it all to crumble. This is demon technology. Yeah, it's just this is not good. Well, and it should be smaller scale. I mean, like some of the things they made are cool. But I think actually something that you brought up right before this kind of proves it, which is why should another kind like this idea that it's crazy, and I think it will be seen as crazy that Twitter and Facebook and these places operate internationally in other countries, and of course right. other countries. But I think if you think of it as a media organization that it's like yeah why would germany why would india yeah. want the new york times to be running all of their media or why would mm -hmm. you want somebody from a well, you know like the same reason why like murdoch has yeah. fucked up ours here but like yeah. why would und you why, want a foreigner in charge yeah. of your media and why should germany have <laughs> facebook <laughs> and we're going to let zuckerberg <laughs> zuckerberg run our media here nine <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's totally logical. I'm shocked that they they invited Facebook in. It's and crazy. Platforms in. Of course, I, they I should know... fucking ban it and copy it and make their own, or not do that. Yeah, or just ban yeah. it and see what happens, which will probably be great. This is a, a Scott Galloway prediction. Or I can't believe more countries haven't banned Facebook. Just like, just do it. No. Let's just see what happens. Oh, when you ban and it. you can come up with a security pretext easily. You go, oh, well, they yeah. have all the it's data. Incredibly... They have all the data on our citizens. Fuck you. Get out of here. <laughs> Uh, we don't no, care. There's literally no justification for Facebook. It, none. And it's funny because it seems like an anti-speech argument then that you want to uh, restrict the use of these things or not let people use things. But if you just look at it as a service and uh, you look at it as maybe you could form a better internet and I, to me, emails I, I, this, I, I've said this before. It's crazy to me I, to I, say I, that I actually think Twitter it's, and it's, Facebook are it, even free speech at all. There yeah. is no free speech on Facebook and Twitter. There's only Facebook and Twitter speech. It itself is a kind of speech. So to try to defend it or believe mm. that that's your right to express in that way is insane to me. It's like saying well, like, I, I have a right the country, to haiku. I have a right to like free to, you know, like the, why well, I have a right to be on the haiku.com because mm. I, otherwise, how could I possibly express my haiku? Like it's a specific form of speech and thing and you don't have a right to it. And also, even if you do think it's something valuable, you should, you can make your own thing. Well, so that, that gets into this other tricky territory because that's within our own country. And so we have our own laws and also we've got a potential monopoly with these cartels of a very few tech companies that can control perhaps all communications. So that's trickier territory for us, but I think for these other countries, it's a no-brainer no that you can just that you can just kick these. Uh, yeah, kick I, these I gotta believe that Twitter, Facebook, that these have to be on death. I watch. mean, Uganda just did it. You, you know, Uganda just did it. Uganda, that superpower, just kicked Twitter out. Oh, and did look, they? I don't know. 
<laughs> you, well, did you see? I mean, people were mocking were mocking them for it because they were mad about Uganda kicking Twitter out um, ahead of the election, and they had a tweet about it um, saying basically. How dare you? We at Twitter, you know, like an open internet and people are laughing because they just obviously kicked out Trump. Now, I don't know anything about the Uganda election or which people Twitter was banning or anything like that. But it just goes to show you that, you know, Uganda is not a superpower. And yet Uganda was completely comfortable saying no more. To me, it's crazy that we don't at least have some nation test what it's like to ban to do the thing that seems the easiest in the world to just ban these fucking things i just can't look at this headline uganda uganda bans all social media ahead of election comma sparking outrage and i just want to add comma that their people know nothing about yeah right (laughs) i just like i can't i just don't know why we want this and we're creating these like monocultures too, like which is so infuriating within so, Twitter. So okay, but here's the problem what Twitter is saying right here. They go, quote, we strongly condemn internet shutdowns. They are hugely harmful, violate basic human rights and the principles of the hashtag open internet, Twitter said in the public statement. I'm sure conservatives have, have probably talked about that, but that's an issue because now you're saying basically to all the conservatives in America that yeah, we kind of felt like taking away your basic human rights. The, 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 the right, that is. yeah, the That's right exactly to use this platform. The right to use this yes. platform is a basic. And human you're completely right. right. You know, we... Those two things are completely opposed to one another. And there is no fucking basic human right to be on Twitter. There just isn't. And it's insane to to believe there is. It's insane to operate in a world. And I access think it... to information and freedom of expression, including the public conversation on Twitter, is never more important than during democratic processes, particularly elections. Twitter says even though they obviously banned the New York Post Twitter account during Hunter Biden. I mean, the the inconsistency, I think, is a bit of an issue for Well, for we have Twitter. to reckon with the so, fact that Twitter, that Twitter and Facebook... They, and you I, know, they would be so much better. You know what I respect more? Um, it's kind of like the... What was that? Jeffries, that comedian in Australia, saying that the best... The real argument for guns is, fuck it, I like guns. If only Twitter would just say, hey... We make the calls we want to make. Yeah. We don't like you, you're gone. That's we what, like that's, you, you're in. That's what fucking, <laughs> but that's what media organizations do. And that's like, fine. You have a right to do that. Uh, but you just have to admit that that's what you are. Th- this idea, I think that because the promise of the premise of Twitter and Facebook was that they were making a more democratic society. But what we've seen is that as soon as they introduced the, the algorithmic based feed, it eliminated democratic voices to an extent that I think was difference in kind, not difference in, you know, in degree between a non-algorithmic feed and I think what it did was it led to a, to anti-democratic practices I mean what's more mm. anti-democratic than the a massive mob you know trying to uh, take over the capital for a president well, really it really, it really de- thrown out of office it really depends on how big the mob is if it's like a <laughs> it's like a 50 I, so, billion and, and right mob. here I do want to just pause <laughs> and talk about hang Mike Pence I think this is going to be <laughs> the funniest clip like in what the, the, the that the mob this is to me the most damning and clear thing the mob was mm. screaming hang mike pence and they brought a noose on a gallo and trump was <laughs> tweeting about how bad That's... pence was that was that was insane oh my god oh uh, yeah i mean it's so funny but it, it, it segues us <laughs> to our next topic which is yeah should we 
take seriously the threat of the coup. And I know we're not in Congress. We weren't there. We weren't. I, I take it. I, I take it. Uh, the people, what is it? Uh, I don't take it literally. I take it seriously. <laughs> yeah. Right. I don't take it literally to hang my friends. You know, what's funny. Serious. I might literally mean that I'm making a joke about the construction that people take Trump uh, seriously, but not literally. I take seriously that people are doing this, but when they did get into that building, they were the dog that caught the mail. Truck. Yes. They didn't exactly. actually, I mean, the big thing of this is because everybody's a PR person and people get caught up and they're afraid. I think the scariest thing is when there is a serious tenor and people are angry and corporations are disavowing and making their statements. The most taboo thing you can do is say, you guys are about an 11 right now and I'm I'm a seven or I'm a six. Like that's the thing that is very taboo. And I think that to try to hammer home uh like we do now we act like we're speaking to children and we're just we need to make sure that everybody knows the bad thing is really 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 bad and these people are hitler and da 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 it's like nobody can admit that a lot of these people are more like what you see in a in an episode of it's always sunny in philadelphia right. than necessarily completely evil demons but the problem is when you get a bunch of people together that are like the people in it's always sunny in philadelphia and you give them a false pretext to be mad that can create a dangerous situation which is what we saw but when they got in the idea that this is a coup no a, a real coup like in latin american countries um it's orchestrated the united states government it's got it's yeah that's like, military plans <laughs> well well that was a joke going around latin america yeah, yeah, that yeah, yeah. the coup failed because <laughs> there was no american embassy to provide logistics but yeah the the military tends to be uh involved right. it's actually planned it's decisive it's not this kind of clown show it's losers um, coup. yeah it's a it's it's a loser's coup and it seems like in trying to keep everything amplified and create enough of a pretext for impeachment there isn't an honest admission that this was more pathetic than it was the scariest pearl harbor 9-11 it's, thing it's interesting happened. and i do think some of the discourse over the last week has been trying to reckon with how serious to take this and i will say for my so like i I happened to catch like a feed of somebody's GoPro on YouTube as like the moment they breached into the Capitol, not like the, they weren't the Vanguard, but they were shortly behind. And I watched like a mob go in and then that feed, and it was kind of crazy, but you could tell that this, you know, it wasn't this, we have in our mind also that a mob is like pitchforks and they know what they want, but maybe in mm -hmm. actuality and maybe in the past too, or whatever, this is what a mob looks like. And it can, and it gets scary only at the like a certain moment if something goes one way or the other. And I think that's kind of what we were seeing here, at least in my mind, because then the yeah. feed cut out because probably there were a million cell phones around or whatever. And when it came back, I, honestly, it just looked like I was seeing a dirtbag tour group going through the Capitol. You know, it was just yeah. like a, a large group of people gawking around, you know, the, that clipper around of people staying inside the stanchions and like walking mm -hmm. and i do think the vast majority of people kind of were like look you lose yeah so the seriousness comes with that vanguard how serious was that vanguard and also just i do the understand like how close were they to just being fuck it let's go kill these congress people I mean, I I can't answer that question. We're seeing it through the funhouse mirror of social media, which makes it very difficult to know on the ground what the dangers are. But people are saying coup and insurrection to try to get everybody as elevated and scared and have them understand how bad it all is. 
it seems like it's a little bit much for that. I mean, these people I don't think are worthy of that just on a pure competence. Yeah, well, level. it's like I think a, we were joking <laughs> about calling it an insurrection, and then maybe now some people are actually calling it that. Yeah, because it was yeah. more but, pathetic you know, than that. But it could have not I, been. I, it could have so easily. I, I guess it's do you if you accept the premise less. Could this have become, I think it's, do you accept the premise that it sets the stage for something like it happening in the future that's more serious? Um, something like, really, the only way such a thing can happen, this is a strange thing to talk about. I feel like we're uh, Podesta wargamesing this whole thing. But the only thing you would have to fear in terms of an actual insurrection would be military. And the actual military the shooters, the infantrymen, not that many people, not that many people. I don't know if a critical mass would ever want to storm the Capitol um, and take things over, but it actually probably wouldn't take that many to do now, that. Now I feel like we're going to get, no, but that's what we for, saw was like, that it was to be clear. We don't want this to no, happen. No, it we would be not so want easy this. to do it and probably a little fun, <laughs> but we don't want. Yeah. Totally simple. And like, you know, the entry points are right We've here. And I know, way. you know exactly. And I know you jar and I know you jar heads. Listen to us. Uh, <laughs> this is exactly, you know, shout out seal team six no like and, clear, and it was those people be... were pussies those guys that's that, that was their problem they were just <laughs> they needed dogs i mean come on it's ridiculous uh look um we obviously this would be horrifying i think but my main point is this my main point is i only see this as requiring the kind of hair on fire response that it's getting if you think that it could potentially set the stage or open the door to something actually serious. Well, and I don't I don't really see how that logically follows. Maybe I, I just can't Well, so I would also in my mind what's interesting is there's the meta-ness of this was an attack on the actual capital and the, so the people who are deciding if this was serious or not are the ones who were the potential victims of how serious it was. Would you have wanted to be AOC cowering in in the Capitol mm -hmm. building? Would you have wanted to be a democrat, you know, like Elon Omar, would you have wanted to be a democratic congressperson who if they found you and they had a you know like you hear that mob coming and you hear what's going on and you don't, you know, you can see that it's kind of out of control. It's not crazy for you to think like, Oh, they're going to drag me out and kill me. That's what these people mm. want to do. Right. I mean, that's not a crazy yeah. thought to run through your head in that moment at all. No. I mean, it, and again, I don't know the exact, the exact scenario and I don't know how clear and present that danger appeared to those people, but that is a realistic circumstance. Um, for them to have been terrified and to be terrified of a mob. I, I guess to what you're saying, maybe what we're not talking about is uh, the threat of an actual overthrowing of the government. I mean, you don't need it to be an overthrow of the government for it to be something that's really fatal and terrible. Yeah. I mean, unruly mobs, out-of-control mobs, generally not a good thing. Uh, and it's also an example of how falsehoods do have consequences, consequences that maybe the person spreading the falsehood can't be or even shouldn't be held legally accountable for, but they have consequences in, in the world. To my knowledge, I don't think Trump actually said, uh, you need to storm the Capitol he said, and riot. Well, I, so the thing is, what he did fucking say, he said, I will be yeah. there with you. I think that's the most damning thing that he said. He said, we're going down there to the Capitol after this, and I'm going to be there with you. And we're going to stop this. 
Like that's mm. crazy. And then he wasn't. Yeah. I want to know that. Why didn't of he course. Well, he's the ultimate. I mean, he's the ultimate con. Well, we man. say that, but like, really, uh, he's, what he's, happened? He's the ultimate. He's the ultimate scorpion yeah, uh, of scorpion the scorpion and the frog, and the frog yeah. parable. Yeah, but, but really, but don't you? I want to know yeah. when he got off stage. Did somebody say to him, "Hey, so are we going to the Capitol?" And he said, "No, no, no." Or did he just leave? Or was he thinking about going to the Capitol and somebody told him, "Don't do it"? Like, why mm. didn't he go with them to the Capitol? Huh? Do you think that he would have made things worse? I mean, what would that scene if have been like? If he was there, know? if he was like did, ushered yeah, through the it, crowd it, to go back in there, I don't know, man. I don't know. You know, did they freak out because they were leaderless and that's why they took on the form of a rage-filled mob? Had they, they actually had a leader? I mean, this is what, uh, this is military tactics here. It's, it matters to have Braveheart, yeah. you know, leading your charge. It matters for you to see your heroes in battle. It matters to have the fucking sleep Mad Max guitar sleep, player sleep. fucking like banging the drums and fucking rocking behind you. I like the idea of Sleazeheart. Sleazeheart. Uh, <laughs> Sleazeheart. Donald Trump. Sleazeheart. Sleazeheart himself. You can take our lives, but you will never take our Twitter. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, 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 it, there are a lot of issues here that are interesting and they're fraught. I'm not sure that they're really getting analyzed honestly because everybody is trying to sell everybody else on something well the, the i mean the sell, other thing the, the 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 big sell right now is impeachment 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 which i mean there's a week left right i, yeah, I mean yeah. i guess it would prevent him from running again so that would be meaningful but um i then again there's something weird about taking it out of the hands of voters because that's the upshot of doing that and is that democratic it doesn't seem too democratic to do that um and again it's so funny to me because it seems more born out of um, an id-like desire to crush and humiliate him from people who hate him than actual long-term strategy because based on the L's he is racking up, um, based on how he is racking up L after L after L yeah, right if now, he had an election I feel right like... Now, would he even? <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's like, yeah. right? I mean, I don't think he's politically viable after what he just did, but I, who knows? He's got four years. He's got four years to do it. A lot of it depends on how things go under Biden. I mean, right now it seems like they're really marketing the first 100 days and they're hoping to get things back to a feeling of normal. If I get vaccinated days. in the first 100 days, I will, I would do what the Trump people did, but for Biden, I would, I would storm the Capitol. <laughs> what are you going to storm? What are you going to storm? You know, when they kick Biden out, I'll storm the same Capitol. I'll shit all over <laughs> the fucking kick, walls of Congress. They, would, they, would they replace it with Kamala? You're going to get no, so No, like, you know, if Biden's Trump went back. again or something, you know, if we stole the election, they stole the election next time, you know, just like we stole it this time. <laughs> <laughs> I no, I mean the the thing is is that though I think politically people do want what, to what, by the way what realm. if Trump what what if Trump by the way instead of being angry about it was telling everybody it was stolen in the most casual way would that have gotten people so well, they, 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 they stole they, they, they stole the election it's what, what they do it's what they do it's what they do it's it's okay I'm gonna play golf it's fine <laughs> he could have played that's what's crazy is he just keeps playing it bad thank God but he just keeps playing his hands poorly he just you know he's dealt he's being given good cards well, and he just that, keeps playing that was bad. the that was the other upshot that I found fascinating out of this was that this goes back to how everybody is um everybody's a propagandist because they were just wringing their hands and oh god think of the children 
off of this bad event, this very bad event on Wednesday, but they were also laughing at all the losers involved. Mm. And there was that viral parody of making it seem like Goodfellas with a voiceover that sounded like Ray Liotta. It's like, oh, I always wanted to be a, you know, I always wanted to be a patriot. Mm. And uh, he's a good fella. He's a proud boy. He's a good fella. And everybody's laughing. They're laughing at these people because of how ridiculous they are, but yet maintaining the pose of wringing hands as though we're actually under the threat of a real Latin American style coup. Um, and it just seems like we are collectively kind of lying, I guess is what I'm saying. I, yeah, we're I don't know. Totally, it's tough to gauge. We're not, being, we're not being totally straight. I know what you mean, but it's like, okay, so what, we, it's we, the so what, what, it's so the, we don't arrest these yeah. people? We let them off with a slap on the wrist because they were dumb? Like, no, you know, you 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 arrest. You've got to. You can't. You can't have that kind of. But thing. We, so we. Um, but then they get arrested, and Trump suffers no consequences. Like, well, well, I. That's a good question. What does Trump suffer in terms of consequences? I'm not a legal expert. I can't tell you what rises I, to the level. I mean, to me, I can't believe this mob isn't like smart enough to be to turn on him and be like, "You fucking sold us out. Fuck you." I mean, uh, and to be honest, like I. Back to online spaces, which is a little bit in our... <laughs> hang Trump, hang, hang Trump. Well, kind of, but like, so, you know, I'm, you know, I monitor various online spaces, right? And 4chan is very interesting right now. I don't think mm. 4chan, I mean, I like will continue to defend 4chan forever because I think it's a fun debate to have. But like the, you know, I see, you see a lot on 4chan of just people being like, he failed, like even people, even like the Nazis being like, this guy failed us, fuck him. But also just like a lot of people dropping in, people like me to just make fun of all these people and rub it in their faces that like this was what you wanted this is who you followed he abandoned you like it is a good in some ways a good space for that kind of debate and i think that's the that's the way to be honest right here he, he always, fucking, he the honest truth is he abandoned you which he always does this is yeah. his entire career he yeah. always leaves somebody else foot in the bill leaves them hanging scorpion and the frog as we always right. say about him but the, the more important issue i think here um it seems like you're a little glib about the monopoly power of tech. So, okay, you know, so let's you... move on to yeah. the better example. I think the more difficult conversation to have, which is Amazon and Parler. Because I think that I, 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 whatever, I don't know if I convinced you with my website argument for Twitter and Facebook, but whatever, kick them off. Those I'm, in, I'm into it. I, I find it, in, I find it intellectually interesting. I think I that's say. good, but, but it does. And I admit this, it kind of breaks down when you go to the parlor Amazon debate, because what I'm kind of advocating yeah. for is, you know what, we should, we should, you know, denude these places. We should neuter them of their power by making more of them so that there, there are more things. And that's kind of what parlor is. Parlor is them going off and making their own thing and making their own Twitter, making their own, you know, yeah. Gab as well. Although it's really funny that nobody's one, nobody like is paying attention to Gab. Nobody's even bothered to try to take Gab down because right now, if you try to yeah. go on Gab, it's so overloaded with people that it barely functions. <laughs> Well, it's not respectable enough. It's either. not, man. It's Gav, I love like, Gav, man. Gav is the best. Everybody, <laughs> well, it, like this is this other thing. They go for soft targets, right? <laughs> if if the people involved in your operation have some overlap with, I, I don't know, maybe the center or some sort of respectability, then they can almost be brought to heel and targeted. Plus, they're more in the orbit of the journalists who are mad about these things. Right. But 4chan after i don't even know how many mass shootings <laughs> it's been involved in just keeps on trucking the journalists don't care about it because they don't use it and so they don't think about it and it just keeps on going well but the rules of 4chan haven't changed they didn't go algorithmic i, I think you can kind of i don't know whatever but uh the point is so they made parlor 
they did this. They did take their ball and, and go home and set up their own court and, you know, invite their, you know, Fox News friends over or whatever. And then Amazon mm-hmm. pulled parlor. And I it's so yeah. there are a few facts about this that I do want to get out before we have this debate. One, I, I oh, go ahead. I want to call parlor. This isn't a term that exists, but I want to call them white teeth Republican. I don't, I don't know why it's like, there is like, like a, like a platform for just, there's the yellow teeth Republicans mi- mi- and there's the white teeth Republicans. I'm a, ye- I'm a yellow toother. I like that coffee, but it's, uh, <laughs> you, know, you barely use just, it in your toothpaste because he, he doesn't like mint. So he gets this weird off brand shit. That's like orange flavored. I'm sure yeah, it doesn't strawberry, stra- stra- strawberry, strawberry flavored toothpaste. Like, strawberry, you know, that's like who you're taking seriously right now. Well, Asher and I now use the same toothpaste, but that's that, Heaven, neither here nor there. Like, God save anyone who's was Ethan's roommate as I was, and who's just who just ran out of toothpaste and needed to brush their teeth with their roommate's toothpaste. Or if you're a house guest, well, but but oh, what I God. mean is, it, but like it's for the clean cut Republican set of yes. Well, that's what Parler really. Parler felt like if Fox News made their own social media, it had all these badges and had a Pokedex full of badges of like different mm. levels of verification of like, were you a media entity? Were you a Fox News? Like it was, it's like, it was, it was linked. You ascended to Hannity level. It, <laughs> yes, exactly. You've, <laughs> you've leveled up. You're now a Tucker. Uh, I think that, you know, you, you know what, you know what 4chan reminds me of metaphorically is the, uh, a post that might've been on 4chan or I think it was on Reddit of being homeless is awesome. Have you, have you read that? <laughs> no, that's, I'm going to find that's this. A good I'm going to find this as you talk about this. Uh, well, uh, it's just, you can, it's, it's really because you can just do as much heroin as you want. I think that's what a lot of people who like, well, all right, whatever. Hey, we, I know people homeless, homelessness is a spectrum. There's a lot of different people who are homeless. And I know many of people who lived in trucks for a while to save money or camped out or oh, God. Anyway. Just, just stop. Just stop. <laughs> uh, the, okay. So, uh, what I want to set up are a couple facts about the Amazon parlor thing. One, I, I, I really can't stress this enough that I very much believe that Facebook and Twitter are much more resp- All right. Yeah. You've got the post up. Ethan, go for it. I do, but I'm just wondering if I'm going to get fired reading it. Uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll make this call later. It's a post <laughs> called I fucking love being homeless. Um, I literally don't have shit to worry about anymore. I can go out and do whatever the fuck I want to do every day now. I have practically no stress, depression, anxiety, anything anymore. I'm in the best shape I've ever been in, both mentally and physically. I ride my bike all over the city all day, got insane fucking stamina now. I got shorties down to let me nut inside them now. I shoot meth all fuck. I shoot meth all the fucking time and do whatever the fuck it is I have the urge to do. Last night I masturbated in a tool shed, then climbed a 40 foot tree and hung in hung out at the top of it just watching nothing for hours life is fucking amazing and i truly mean it where's that person at how long ago was that i'd love a follow-up on that it's two years ago on reddit oh man i think it's irresponsible well i think it's like but it's but it's reddit r reddit r copy pasta oh it's a copy pasta so from who knows from when and from where i don't worry if it's real or anything uh yeah But that's that's Gab right now. Yeah, that's Gab. That's Gab. I fucking love Gab. I can say whatever the fuck I want. I've got no responsibilities or parents. My icon can have as many fucking Pepe's in it as I want. <laughs> I can talk about Q all day with my fucking friends and masturbate. <laughs> but that's what I mean. If, if you're far from respectability, you almost have more yeah, protection. Yeah, you have nothing to lose. Something like, yeah, Parler. Yeah. So, Something like Parler was attempting to be part of the mainstream 
and got the ban hand. Yeah, yeah. It would so, okay, so... But you do the expository. So facts yeah. about... So Parler was pulled down. Um, and I, I want to be very clear about this before I, I go into the negatives about it, but oh, I really do believe... Let me be... Let me be clear. Let me be clear. Facebook, <laughs> much more of the organization for what happened happened on places like Facebook, on even on Twitter, or on there's like a the Donald like knockoff website uh, that or Reddit uh, the Donald knockoff website called Donald.win or whatever. Like I I really do think that a place like Facebook bears much more responsibility for what happened than a place like Parler. Simply partly because Parler does isn't used as much and because it was yeah. new. So I, I, I do want to get that there. That that's say Facebook is the place for the 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 peasant the prole kind of uprising. I mean, everybody right, and that's that. so to for and this is what got me so mad this past week for Sheryl Sandberg to sort of like say Parler deserved what it got because they don't have the same moderation tools that Facebook <laughs> does. That's absolutely insane to me. And they I didn't I, lean in. Yeah, right. <laughs> they didn't have enough people to fucking lean in because they were a new organization who whatever. It's crazy. Yeah. So Facebook bears more responsibility. That said, so the Amazon thing. It should also be noted Amazon had been warning them multi many times over the span of, I believe, a month or two about the amount of unmoderated, uh, you know, violent stoking content that was on their site. So while it did, they did this. This obviously was the straw that broke the camel's back and led to AWS, which is the cloud based service that kicked Parler off for them to do it. They did. And they had and they like cited in these emails to Parler. They show they had screenshots. Amazon, at least, was doing their due diligence. They had somebody going through Parler, screenshotting people saying like crazy, violent, you know, hmm. sp literally spurring on violence. Exactly that. And they were yeah. like, look, at this point, we're kicking you off because you have refused repeatedly to hear our emails to you about putting in a, a successful moderation process. So mm. those led to Parler being banned. But now to set up this debate, it, this is again, this is an, this is sort of further down the like chain of like I think you know there's websites and then there's there's uh, and then there's cloud-based services and there's ISPs, there's service providers. And a website banning somebody, no problem to me. Uh, obviously, social media banning somebody, no problem. But a cloud-based service banning a website, Apple banning an app, my, uh, Google banning mm. an app, like that's another level. And yeah. is it does that change the debate? It, it kind of negates a little bit of my earlier comp, what, my earlier point, um, and I think leads to a more interesting debate. I still think for those kind of specific reasons that the, that Amazon gave, that I do think, I mean, obviously there's the private corporations up and of course it's their right to do this. It's just but like, like, at what point it, are we, Yeah, go ahead. you know, you on Twitter you say, like at what point have we reached the point where the corporations are in enough alignment where you, you're just not allowed to A, say anything and B, just live in the world if you say something that they don't like, where it does become this vice grip where okay you can't talk and let's say you say something critical paypal the various credit card companies this sort of idea of are you allowed to live a life i think is becoming it's coming to the fore and it's not paranoid anymore um but i i agree with you that that distinction is a new one and i think their justification is that they're unmoderated i know you like moderation but it does seem like a pretext for just whatever they wanted to do. And it seems like something you could find for any of these companies. Um, you could go into their shit and find stuff like they they dredged up on Parler. And if the standard is creating something like what we saw at the Capitol, then, as you say, Facebook had way more of a hand in it. 
YouTube have way more of a hand in oh, it. Oh, yeah, um, of course. We, we shouldn't let them off the hook either. Well, especially because they banned uh, they banned Parler. Google did. Google, exactly. And yeah. they're going to... And they're going to just going to keep YouTube going. Yeah. So what the fuck? And there's the other argument, as I think Glenn Greenwald has made, where what are you guys really up to? It seems like maybe what you're trying to do is nuke a competitor and put it under the pretext of being a responsible corporate citizen. And the, th- and the thing is, it's possible. And I mean, like, you, I think it's really hard not to claim that all this stuff happened in the wake of the Georgia election as well. And seeing a democratic, you know, basically a democratic administration is coming in right now and we want to play nice with them. So we want to do what they politically want, which is to, Mm. you know, hammer on these. Basically Facebook wants leniency when it comes to the antitrust hearings and they're trying to cozy up to power Mm. by, by very quickly trying to like clean the house by very quickly trying to do what they think they would want of banning their political opponents. So do you, do you not buy what a lot of people think, which is that it's a uniparty that there's a symbiosis right now between the democratic party and big tech. Yeah, I know. I think that's crazy. Um, because I think that, well, it's because I think we should, we should fix it on a little bit because that's the reason why a lot of people would say that, people are relying on a certain fallacy where you hear certain arguments that, well, the government can't prosecute you for what you say. That is different from, you know, saying that private companies, uh, you know, should let you say whatever. That's the common argument you hear. The other argument I hear from, especially my sports writer friends, and I think, I mean, it's just the, look anyway, they, they, they say that, what what Twitter did to to Trump isn't censorship. No, it it literally is censorship. You yeah, could argue sure. that it's good censorship. Yeah, right. I mean, you could argue it, but but I think like in their minds, like censorship's bad. Or censorship has a different like, connotation. Like, I, like I under, like yeah, I understand no, where like, they're coming from, but I know what you. I think it's accurate to call it that. Yeah. But I think it's yes, whatever. There's network. Yeah, you could say that it's. You could say what it's. But but anyway, to what I'm saying. Um, but if you buy that the government and the monopolies are in cahoots then suddenly i do think it's a it's a pretty legitimate free speech issue if there's no if it's a distinction without a difference then that's that i think that's so I, that I, I mean i think yeah. i think what you're saying is something that needs to be kept an eye on because what but what needs to happen is that this next administration needs to not be a friend to big tech at all and and it's a shame in my mind that that, that our good friend Josh Hawley totally kamikaze, totally nuked himself in his credibility. Friend of the show. Friend of the show, Josh Friend Hawley. of the show. Well, no, Josh Hawley, yeah. like, I really did see a potential for bipartisan agreement on really strict regulations against social media, but he just, like, incinerated his reputation by going down with this. You, you know, shit. people, I, I have a lot of friends who are saying that. I, I do wonder if a few weeks we'll from see. now. Uh, totally, we we'll see. We'll see. Whatever. That's not yeah. the conversation to have. But uh, the conversation to have is, as of right now, if you rewind six months and you go back to one of those hearings that they, the Congress was having with, with Mark Zuckerberg on the stand or the virtual stand, you're going to just see Republican after Republican taking his dick out and sucking it Roman style. Like just like, like, like the children did in the, the Roman style, the, like the children did in <laughs> the, in the, in the days of your, in, oh, in the bad, bad houses. Bad. Please. Of I, I'm trying not, I'm trying not to get fired on you this. Can podcast, say whatever you want please. about Zuckerberg these days and Rome and Roman style <laughs> pedophiles. But I, the, uh, the, that like every single one of them was like, Mr. Zuckerberg, I want to thank 
thank you for building your company here in America as a small <laughs> business owner myself. I admire what you did. To, to say that the Democrats are the party of big tech, and they were. I want a scenario where they believe all the conspiracies about him but are awed by him. And <laughs> I, I have respect, Mr. Zuckerberg, for you and your lizard people family. I, the number of uh, the, uh, the pure... <laughs> Um, number of gallons of children's blood that you have been able to consume <laughs> is staggering and something that we can all aspire to. And we think that if you could just move some of your operations to our state, yeah. <laughs> that would be fantastic. That would be wonderful. So to Mr. Zuckerberg, so to, to, but to make a claim that like the, the party of big tech hasn't of late been the, the right, I think would be disingenuous. I do think that there is, yeah. so I don't think there's a uniparty. I don't think there's a uniparty even within the democratic party well, of what people like, believe. I do think the Democrats yeah. have been bad about this. The Obama administration was famously bad. There was a revolving door between Google and the administration and shit like that. But I do think that the trend of late, you know, has been that Democrats are getting, you know, Elizabeth Warren is getting, Jayapal is cool. the, the Delaware guy or the Rhode Island uh, senator whose name escapes me right now or congressman who led the Scalise. white white horse white house <laughs> house white who uh, no the, the guy whatever who's in charge of Lena Khan's Sheldon boss, these guys are they are leading a, what should be I believe a bipartisan charge against big tech and I really hope that that is successful so the to me I mean, I think it's, if anything, the Amazon, Google, Facebook, they're trying to like ingratiate themselves and become that. Because, and I think we're in danger of that happening. But I think mm. right now. So you don't think it's, you don't think it's been codified. You don't think that, you, you don't think the symbiosis has been achieved. I think it actually, I think it was there and I think it has been distended. I think it's been broken I, apart. Okay. So I have, a, I have, a, I have an argument. I have an argument for why I think you could be wrong. Okay. Um, and it speaks to what's going on here because what's funny about a lot of the decisions that these companies are making um, and the criticism of the decisions is often that these tech oligarchs are so left-wing, oh my God, they're so left-wing, they're so biased, and they're just making these decisions on their lonesome as these autocrats. And that's not the situation, not based on the people I know in the Valley, not based on the people I know in this particular orbit. What's happening is that the people running these companies set Dorsey aside. He's a little bit different from the others. Um, he actually is a lefty, but they're not of that mindset. They're in fear of their own managerial class, staging walkouts, having rebellions, exposing them, trying to humiliate them, leaking emails, and that a lot of these uh, measures that they are taking are placation efforts for the people under them who are very sympathetic uh, and uh, with the Democratic Party and see themselves aligned with the Democratic Party. And that currently is what's happening. In a weird way, it is more populist within that orbit uh, than it is autocratic. Uh, I don't think you're wrong that a lot of this is happening because of pressure from the workers. I think the question, but, but then you're saying it's a mono party between the workers of these companies and the democratic party. And I, I don't know, because I think, and I think a lot of these people are liberal. I think they're I, generating, I think they're generating the momentum. I think it's the, the, that class of people are the people saying we got to boot Trump out or you have a pro like we have a problem if you don't kick Trump off your platform. It's coming from them. I mean, for, yeah. for good or for ill, sure. depending on one's political perspective, 
it's coming from them. And so they have an interesting amount of power within these companies. Well, you just saw the Google and Union get made, right? Google, a union is starting yeah. up at Google, which I cannot share something like that enough. I think that's absolutely, I do think these the workers have the rights. What? No, you don't think that you, you don't think that you need to just made a jerk off gesture. <laughs> I, I I don't I don't know if that's accurate what Matt said, but um, <laughs> it could have really could have been any gesture yeah, that yeah, I made. Lots but of uh, you do like that, I could have been shaking. Could catch. Have been a, look, I want my search results to turn out amazingly well. Is, is what I would say. Um, <laughs> duck, duck, yeah. So yeah, duck, <laughs> that's that's what I'll be relegated to after after the 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 false possibly accusation we made. Um, but yeah, so yeah, maybe you've got the tech CEOs, they don't care much about the politics at all, and they might even be a little more centrist or maybe even a little bit more aligned with the right, but they have the squeaky wheel in their organization, and that squeaky wheel loves the Democratic Party, and there is some sort of cohesion going on with the managerial class of these companies and with the actual politicians, and in a weird way, the bosses are almost just middlemen. That seems to be the weird dynamic. Um, right I see what you're saying, but like, I mean, but they're doing the right thing. Like the like these the managerial class hasn't been paying attention to like the the Frankenstein's that they've built. You know the 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 the, the horrible <laughs> horrible anti democratic you know uh, misinformation propagandist machines that they have. But that's wrought. not what. The, but that's not what they're against. But let's face it, Matt. That's not what they're against. They're against it. The Frankenstein doing stuff they hate. I think a lot of these people are ideological enough that they just want it to work for them. Again, you know, I go back they, they, to, every, it doesn't matter because these are media organizations and you're talking about journalists yeah. and, and you're talking like, so yeah. who cares if, yeah, you're right. Twitter is a right leaning organization and they better like, or sorry, is a left leaning organization. And that's because the people who built mm -hmm. it are left leaning and the people who maintain it are left leaning. And you know what? They're a media organization yeah. that doesn't pay any well, journalists it, because they get people to do it for them for free. And would you love you that same it, criticism God, against is, the New York times? It's such an interesting Ouroboros to think about that you've got these journalists working for free on it. Who the best are, journalists in the uh, fucking world. Who are disgruntled. And so then they're negging it and they're pressuring it to make decisions that are more in line with the unpaid journalists want. And so you have to give the unpaid journalists something because you're not paying them yeah. for sucking up all of their work. So you just keep giving them concessions. And if you believe Glenn Greenwald, a lot of these censorship measures are strictly done to placate these people. Uh, the tech companies never wanted to be in the business of making these judgments. It all goes away if you just pay on your fucking writers. <laughs> yeah, but who wants to do that? That's not... You know, that's not that's not the thing to do. I, well, this and is, I think that what we're I, 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 I watch it. I watch it all from afar. I can't control any of it. Um, I I do think, though, that you're being a little glib about where we might get and how we might get to a place where dissent is just not even allowable. And these ideas, these glib ideas that, oh, so you're kicked off Twitter. You don't have a right to be on Twitter. It, it does quickly become a situation of, oh, but okay, you're not, you know, it's a private, PayPal's a private company and Visa's a private company and you go on down the line and it's impossible to live a life unless you're saying what everybody wants you to say on these platforms that just powerfully, powerfully create a consensus within minutes 
Um, I don't think that it's hard to imagine a scenario that's even more dystopian. I, I than the one think we we're just live. like, this is the water we're swimming in and we're, we're like not acknowledging that this is like the whole thing is fucked. The reason why all we, the reason why we keep getting into these knots and we're having all these conversations and what it's, you know, it's free speech if you're on Twitter, but it's, it, it's just because it's all fake. It's all fake. We're living inside of a maze built mm. by a, a couple people who don't even know they built a fucking maze. And we yeah. just keep hitting walls and we need to exit the maze, destroy the maze and like build a different organizational structure for media and for discourse. And I think you should be, the problem is you're right. If you get kicked off Twitter, where are you gonna go? You should be able to make your own thing, your own media organization, of, uh, which is what it is, not your own Twitter, but your own media organization. Yeah. You should be able to put up a shop, make a zine, make a magazine, sell subscriptions. Like th we didn't have these debates 10 years ago. We didn't have the, the we're in these intractable well, debates that we never have had before. And it's not because tech has gotten is, to some incredible place. It's because we're trapped inside of a knot. But what but what is going on right now where these places you should theoretically be able to go to end up taking the cue of whatever just kicked you out. So you get kicked off Twitter, then you go to here. Then here is no longer allowed. Then you go to there. Let's say you go to Substack. Well, now, you know, in the future, Substack's workers are staging a walkout and you can't be there. There's almost an intellectual contagion happening where people just don't want to allow others the space to have influence and to speak. I mean, that that seems to be a particular contagion I, I that is sweeping that is sweeping the Anglosphere specifically. I, I don't think so, man, because I think like uh, what's that guy, Steve Saylor or whatever the fuck? He, he can still publish his blog, right? He's been publishing his blog for whatever, 30 years now or some shit like that. Right. Or like, um, what's that, like, what's that stupid, uh, Quillette or whatever, you know, or, or the yeah, whatever. Like, I don't know. How is Quillette I doing? Know. I mean, is, aren't they all, aren't they Australian yeah, probably, though? Whatever. Or, or whatever the, or the, the, the one, uh, with the, the, the dude that, uh, Megan McCain's husband or whatever, you know, like the, these things that like rich, <laughs> like media entities that are, you know, the, this following the old mm -hmm. rules of, if you want to start okay, a media well, entity, a you can do it. I think the most fragile of the tech monopoly entities, by the way, is Google. Um, that's the one that I think can be dislodged most likely because what do we need them for? I mean, there are other search engines. What is what is the reason why Google has this kind of dominance? And they just seem to be they just seem they just seem shaky to me. They seem like they've got a lot of administrative bloat. Like they try to handle things that are far beyond the remit. And I don't. I'm not sold that they do anything better than DuckDuckGo does or Yahoo or well, anything just, else. I should just say there's actually only two search engines. There's Google and there's Bing and places like DuckDuckGo mm. or Bing. Bing. So Google and Bing. DuckDuckGo actually uses licenses Bing searches because you have yeah, to be uh, – well, there's all – DuckDuckGo is privacy, right? DuckDuckGo is mean, privacy, but, they, but the actual search yeah. results and stuff, they license from Bing. They're like an overlayer. Okay, well, I misspoke. Well, no, Actually, no, no, like, but... like Bing. Yeah, like there's no, like I'm Google's not giving me anything better than Bing is, is no, giving no, me. No, no, no. I, I yeah. think, well, but the you're making the argument that they're a fragile monopoly as far as like they should, it's easy to break them up or that a competitor should arise. A competitor it should, should arise. but it hasn't, that which they, speaks to the monopoly. Yeah. But yeah, I, and the, Anyway, the point is, I think that only by, like, you could just do the mental exercise. Destroy these companies in your mind. <laughs> in your mind. And then what happens? You're right. There's going to be a few years of chaos where everyone's going to be throwing up their versions, their different kinds, their conservative version of this. Their, and, like, and how it'll all shake out, my guess 
is that it won't shake out along here's your left wing social media here's your right wing social media my guess is it's going to shake out along healthier things like interests hobbies mm. uh you know maybe like politics politics is only taking center state like not this many people used to be yeah. as interested in politics in the same it's awful way. it's fucking it's fucking terrible right. this is this is my rant it's going to sound elitist <laughs> and maybe we 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 go out on it we have always been interested in politics, you and I. Yes. We we talked about it forever. When we were kids, we talked about it. You set up a club to talk about it in high school where we could all argue about it. I never anticipated that most people would be fucking talking about, about it all the time. I, I had to, like, bully people into coming to this club <laughs> at yeah. lunchtime and, so that we could do and maybe to talk about politics. And, and maybe naive. And maybe naively we thought that this would lead to a utopia that, oh, my God, if only more people cared and thought about politics and talked about politics. But no, no, it's actually hell. It's actually <laughs> I awful. I think it's good for people it's, to know about politics and know about current affairs. I don't yeah. think it's good for this many people's hobby and main interest and uh, self-identity no. to be wrapped up in politics. I think other it's interests not, have like taken have been taken away from people as being dude, the gravity even, for what humans do. Even when you win, you lose. Even when your people win, they ultimately disappoint you because <laughs> politicians are just congenitally dishonest and often can't even do things that they would want to do even if they were honest. I mean, Obama's whole book is basically explaining why his run was such a disappointment mm. in the most defensive terms. I hear it's good. I hear it's worth well, checking Obama's out. A good but, guy. <laughs> yeah, well, let me be clear. Um <laughs> It's just that's the whole book. Let that's the clear. entire book. Every every chapter starts with that. <laughs> the big capital L says he's uh, but suddenly did he smoke weed? subconsciously. Did Obama smoke weed during the eight years? Did he do it? I mean, is that a thing that people I discuss? Don't I don't know. I but but so it's it is it is not great. And part of the reason is because of a lot of our friends and colleagues. I'm not saying they're stupid. They're probably really smart at whatever they do. Not um, enough people are doing the thing I'm, that they're smart at doing. No, no, I didn't. I don't want them to be a pundit. Right. Yeah, you want, want them to do, to do the family. thing that they should that they're meant to do. Yeah, they, talk about whatever. Did you watch? The oh, movie oh God, Soul? please. The thing that like the soul people assigned them or whatever. That movie, that movie went way off the rails, <laughs> by the way. I was really into it when it seemed like it was uh, just about him making it in the jazz world. Mm. But once they got abstract and weird, yeah, it was just stuff. what they come on. Things. It got a little. Yeah, I'm a simple man. I'm a simpleton. <laughs> but look, here's what I want. I want to go on Facebook. And if you're an architect, start talk, tell me about what that's that, like. Yeah. I would like. I want to know. I want to know what's going on. I don't want this. I don't want you to be trying to convince me of something. I have a brain. I'm an adult. I can read what I want to read. I never asked for this. And you sound anxious and annoying. Ah, oh, God. It's just, just, uh, okay, uh, enough. I, you know, there's something funny. I'll, I'll say one more thing. There is a negative correlation in my life a negative correlation in terms of how interested people are in politics and how much they talk about politics publicly. <laughs> in the Meaning media. Like somebody, people who know the most about it don't talk about it publicly. And people who, yeah. Just my friends and colleagues who in private, you'll never hear them talk about anything political are the ones more often on Twitter talking a lot about politics. And then my friends and colleagues who know a lot about politics, about we have conversation 
Yeah, they don't want to deal with all yeah. that shit. Because if you have some nuanced opinion on it, or you like this a little bit, but not that, you just go, oh, it's not, fuck, it's not fucking worth it. It's only worth it to the people who can take the broad strokes cues <laughs> of what you're supposed to think and feel and reflect that. That's uh, Yeah, that's, sure, I'm interested in this, but can I propagandize about it? Do, do I want to propagandize about it? Do I want to write propaganda? About it? You know what? It, it, it reminds me of our friend Blake and you once saying to me that Blake knows what to do at, at a dance. Mm. He knows when to start dancing. He knows how to be a normie. Yeah. He knows how to be a normie. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it's I, sadly, it's a skill I've never picked yeah. up. And yet here we are happily married. Both of us. It's a miracle. Yeah, well, so happily married that you're ignoring your wife in the background to run up about abstract <laughs> it's issues. It's the work day. She should be at work. I should be at work. <laughs> we should be at work. <laughs> we should all oh, be no, at work. She's probably fetching something in here. Fetching the bolt cutters <laughs> in here. I feel like water is something you fetch. Fetching a pail of water. Yeah. Is she pe yeah, fetching a pail fetching, of water? Yeah, this is the room where we keep our pails of water, and she was fetching that <laughs> to douse the geese. You know what sounds good? <laughs> Fetching a pail of milk. Doesn't that make you want milk? Like if somebody says, hey, I've got about a gallon of milk. I say, ew, it's in this plastic container. You know who fetches pails of milk? Trad wives. Trad wives. That's like the main thing that trad wives do is they fetch pails of milk. All they're doing, they fetch pails of milk and they, what do they do with it? I don't know. I don't know what they do when they the pails of milk. They douse the geese. Dousing geese. Yeah, I don't know. It's great. It's like the... I don't, what's it, I will say this. The one last thing that I'll say is that I, this did make me, what are you laughing at? I'm just like the utter deviance. If, if you visited one of these places with these farms and their, their method of geese slaughter was just to drown it in milk. The utter deviance of that. The, uh, oh. uh, I will say that I want, it's like this fucking dopamine addiction bullshit. But like once the, all that shit was happening last week on like, you know, and I was watching the streams and we're all following mm. Twitter and all this stuff. And I just, uh, you just feel yourself falling off the wagon and like needing to stare at Twitter and wanting the next big thing to happen. And like, it's like so crazy that addiction to, to this. Stuff. Oh you yeah. I mean, well, people are really, they want the thing they're pretending to hate, which gets at something else where I was saying that people were reacting like it's Pearl Harbor, nine yeah. 11, but simultaneously laughing at these goofballs, which was not, that was not actually happening on actual nine 11. It's not no. like people are going like, Oh, look at the unibrow of this hijacker. That was not happening. They had a fucking plan. <laughs> yeah. That they orchestrated next to the dentistry office of our, our, our friend's mom um, in San Diego. That's what I love about San Diego, Matt, is that the 9-11 hijackers, uh, a lot of them were hatching their plan in San Diego yeah, while and we living were there. there. While we were there, and I never knew about that until afterwards, like a year ago, because nobody in San Diego yeah, cares about anything. About it's like... It's the Hawaii of America. It's just Hawaii is in America. <laughs> of the continental America. Of continental well America. Be Hawaii over here. Uh, well, it's what's the other thing too about that is like the uh, the hijackers were extremified by Bin Laden. Like Bin Laden is what mm. extremified them. And now <laughs> it's like what if they like Facebook and these places, it's like, what if we made Bin Laden? an app like what if mm. we made turned bin Laden, like, well, it was out streamify way more people using these other methods but what, what used to be just one crazy crackpot you know uh religious figure in far away in a cave now you can have that in the palm of your hand you can have exactly the same power and lead far more people to do exactly what he did mm. but on a much more massive scale 
That's that's, that's what these things are. Well, wasn't Alawakwi uh, also influential in that? And wasn't he? Was he called the Bin Laden of YouTube? I'm trying to remember. Oh, I'm trying to remember. Well, not YouTube. When did YouTube exist? YouTube existed post 9-11. But he was called the Bin Laden of something, and he lived in San Diego for a while. Oh, really? Um, he's an interesting guy. Surfer I mean, Bin being, Laden? I mean, he was the Bin Laden. <laughs> Wind and Sea Bin Laden? I mean, I Carne think he might have been from Laden. New Mexico. <laughs> he might have been from New Mexico originally, but there's something... I don't. I, mean, I I feel like I'm dancing on landmines right here. But if he was just uh, the way his English was spoken, like, okay, okay, everybody, to get to eternal paradise, um, we're all gonna get together. You need to get flight classes, and it's gonna be pretty gnarly up there. Uh, you're gonna have to really know how to use your box cutter. Yeah, for sure, for uh, sure, dude. No, no, for sure. For sure, it's going to be a lot of work, but it's going to be totally fucking worth it, man. You're going to be so stoked once you get to heaven, dude. This is... Oh, my God. <laughs> I can't remember what his nickname was. Oh, he was called the Bin Laden of the Internet, was it? I, oh, I can't boy. remember. The Bin Laden of the I Internet. can't remember. Only Bin Laden of um, the But he was very influential because he, he was from the United States, so he spoke you know, perfect English, no mm. accent, because he's a U.S. citizen, and... Uh yeah, that's uh is an interesting guy. It's an interesting detour. I don't even know if <laughs> yeah, we should we'll keep see. it. All um, right, even uh <laughs> as always, great to talk to you about this stuff. I hope this is interesting uh to our our listeners who uh who clamor for us to talk more tech and we do clamor. That's true. It's nice. Uh, yeah. Thank you if you listeners, thank you so much for checking out the show as always. Uh you know, subscribe and rate and things like that. I don't know, should we say things like that? I don't, I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. I I just do this to just risk. My yeah, job. that's, the only, that's all yeah, I do. Yeah, it's I edging, feel the thrill. Like I, like well, I'm 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 convinced that the success of an app is proportional to how easily uh, a teenager might destroy his or her <laughs> life with it. And similar yeah. with our yeah, podcast, you know, I'm I'm. Yeah, just risking it. Risky you know, truths. Say, Ooh, did I trigger you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's back. Uh-huh. Mom, the triggering ghoul is back. The triggler. The triggler. Of the riddler. Mom, the triggler is back. <laughs> <laughs> Let me trigger your sensibilities. Yeah, no, it was, a good, it was a good conversation. I don't know what we solved, but we we raised some serious issues. That's, what that's, what's, that's very that's important to do these days.